Hello, I'm Philip Brain. And I'm Harry Clennon. And you're listening to Reflections by Spectacles. Today we're going to be talking about an insight that Harry wrote called Beyond Gerrymandering. Breaking down the fact that, yes, gerrymandering is a problem, but there are deeper-seated problems with our single-member district system that we can't just address with independent redistricting. Yeah, so actually, Philip, I was wondering, you made a really insightful point when we were sort of editing and going through this piece that I think would be good to share that I didn't get to in my writing. So can you actually sort of explain that to our listeners? Yeah. So one of the tensions that you highlight is that with our winner-take-all districting system, even if you do, say, independent redistricting uh, rather than partisan controlled by a state legislature, you still can't guarantee that every district is going to be say, competitive. You mentioned California. It's only got like 10 of its 53 districts, which are drawn independently, are really competitive. It could go either way, theoretically. My trouble is that it, it points to this question of, is the real measure of a good democratic voting system that it's competitive or that it's representative of any given community. So you have, for example, on the other hand, you talk about proportional representation systems. Theoretically, they're more representative of a country because they allot you your seats based on the proportion of votes that the party gets. Everybody's vote, for the most part, counts. And the purpose of the single-member district system, as it's sort of originally conceived, is that you'll get better representation for your community. You know, you get to send a person a specific individual who represents your community and who's accountable to your community. And in some ways, that's potentially more representative. What I'm trying to say is you have these two ideas. Should a should an electoral system be competitive in which either side has a shot at winning? Or should an electoral system simply be representative of the voters, whichever way they lean? Right. I mean, just to and, paint it picture if i can of sort of what you're saying is that you might have voters clustered in an urban area and then a rural-ish area right outside that um you could draw say two districts maybe you've got enough room for to, to draw two districts out of this this is hypothetical you could draw one district you could draw two districts each say half and half split rural urban or you could draw one urban district and one rural district and what you're saying is that say you've got these two half and half because the voters in those areas let's just say taking how voters behave in the united states lean in different partisan directions so when it's more competitive their votes theoretically count more because you know either of them it could the election could swing either way and then if you take the one urban, one rural district, maybe there are going to be some people in both of those districts that are actually going to really not have their votes counted because they don't have a chance of winning because they lean away from whatever dominant group is in the district. But the districts, the representatives elected might, the urban group might think, okay, our representative is more representative of who we are, right, as city dwellers. And the rural group might think, okay, our representative is more representative of who we are as Whereas rural voters. in the in the quote-unquote competitive system where you split the urban vote and you split the rural vote, 
you could say you have just a slight lean in both districts toward one direction. So say both vote both elections go by slim margins to the rural areas. Right. Well, now you've got, yes, it was competitive, right. but the results of that competition are that either way it leans, each district is going to leave half of its constituents feeling unrepresented. Right. That's where that's what I'm trying to get at. Right. We're talking about a very a, like simplified scenario here, but I think yeah. you're making a very But there's point. where the tension lies between representativeness and competitiveness. Is they're almost at odds in some ways. The more competitive it is, the more possibility you have of having half of a constituency base feeling not represented. Right. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily mutually exclusive, yeah. but I think there are some sort of contradictory, and these are just two, I think, contradictory impulses here, because when we say, you know, more democratic or whatever, what exactly, you know, there, there are different ways to, to, to realize that, you know, democraticness, which is not a pretty way of putting it i mean com competition is one right that yeah. you know you have that, that there's a solid chance that either group could you know win an election but as you point out right to some extent maybe homogeneity is something that voters feel more comfortable with and there are good cases for that across well, and, and and the trouble is okay say you want to get it more representative with these districts so you divide the districts trying to include people who would identify with each other based on their political affiliation more. So you'd try to draw these districts that they group together a bunch of people who lean one way together. Right. So that they're likely to all feel more represented when they vote for someone. Right. All right. Well, one problem is you've got lots of wasted votes. Anyone who leans away from that majority impulse is going to have their votes wasted. And the majority, since it's so large, is lots of them are going to have their votes wasted because right. they didn't even need to vote. So you've got that problem. But then you've also got the problem of how do you define like communities being represented, right? Like you've got a lot of cross-cutting cleavages and social identities at play. Is it just that they're represented with their political party? Right. Even if you say take some ethnic neighborhood and split it in half, between two districts and then you know in neither of the two districts that they become a part of does a member of their ethnic group become a representative right. are, are, are they still more represented than if they were say grouped together and you know someone from their ethnic group represented them in politics so you have these different tensions between the idea behind single member districts is to have community representatives but how do you actually define community and how do you get to that point seems right. to me to be a big tension in the system. Yeah. That's very, very difficult to address. I don't have an answer. I'm not raising these questions because I think there's some some good answer. It's just something that sort of struck me and I'm struggling with. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, to some extent, I think it's a nice, I mean, it's, it's nice to think about, I, as I point out in the piece, I don't anticipate that we're going to see any deviation from this system in the near future. I, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be cool if we were spent more time experimenting with alternative systems in different states or localities. To some extent, that does happen with ranked choice approval voting, which we talked about in a previous bird's eye episode which you should listen to where where benjamin singer who is our guest on the episode talked about 
doing approval voting in St. Louis as sort of a pilot program. Right. And it was very successful. Right. Go listen to that episode if you want to learn more. But some experiments are taking place. Right. But it Something would be nice as dramatic to... as, say, proportional representation, yeah. I think, is unlikely to occur. Yeah. But I think that it is important to think about, okay, I mean, even if this isn't going to change, becoming more aware of what these kinds of problems are. And in some ways, they are trade-offs, right? I mean, they are things that we, we trade, we're trading off in some level, there's a trade-off between a system of single-member districts and something like proportional representation, right? Proportional representation, in its purest forms, you go, you vote for a party, not a candidate, and that party wins a percentage of the vote, and they get that number of seats in the legislature, right? Based on the pr- percentage of votes across the population. Simplest form of that. Um, in single-member dist- single district, I think it's explained in the piece. You can go and look at that. There's trade-offs, right? Single-member districts are more likely to, to to deliver one party a majority of the vote, whereas in proportional representation systems, you're more li- likely to have multiple parties, which are going to have to form coalitions. That process can be long and complicated. Some parties that form the coalitions might not get to see the policies that they campaigned on implemented. It can cause complications and confusions and problems. Um Whereas in a single member district system, one party is likely to win a majority of the vote and implement the policies that it campaigned on, theoretically. Not always, but theoretically, that is the case. So that's one thing. But then even within a single member district system, you're dealing with these trade-offs that sort of you've identified, Philip Wright. Do we want competition? Do we want to have different groups represented in certain ways? Which groups do we want to be represented? So all of this stuff involves these trade-offs that I think are not You can't just eliminate them and get to some utopian solution, but it is important, I think, to weigh them and be conscious of them as citizens of one democracy among many democracies in the world and democracy that is in some ways clearly struggling. And so it's it's important, I think, to think maybe there are some alternatives, maybe there's some things that are going that are that are going wrong here. But I think it is I think sort of weighing all those things is what I was going through. And I don't know if I'm myself, I'm like a a, a partisan of ending sing, the single member district system. But yeah. I thought it was important to write this and sort of think through the problems that go beyond just partisan redistricting, which is a huge problem, but not not the only problem. I think I think we've identified that it runs a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you're curious more about some of the potential consequences of partisan redistricting, you can look at the example of Hungary. We talked about in a recent podcast mm-hmm. episode how partisan redistricting was used there basically to disenfranchise lots of Hungarians and secure Viktor Orban's party's position as in supermajority control of the legislature. Right. So it's it's a dangerous road to go down no question about it well i mean it can be that's the that's the thing is like it can be but it hasn't been for example in the uk i mean not to say that the uk is a perfect democracy but they have you know one of the most ideal type forms of single member districts that's how they elect their government and it hasn't resulted in democratic decline per se yeah i mean i think at least one explanation for why the uk system continues to be more functional than the U.S. One is the fact that they have a governmental structure which actually empowers whatever party wins to actually do governance. Right. That's, um, that's key. Which is going to have big ramifications for the way politics plays out, right? And two, their districts are also much smaller in terms of population size than American districts. Right, that's big Because they well. have, I think, if America had the same proportion of number of people to a district that the uk has we'd have something like like 
2,000 districts, not 400. Right, House of Representatives would and have 200, 2,000 members. Smaller districts are just necessarily going to be more competitive because there's just fewer people to win over. You know, they, they, they can shift more easily. Yeah. And so they're harder to game out in the way that American districts are. But and maybe the argument for community holds up better in terms of the relationship between one representative and say 100,000, I don't know what the exact number is in the UK, but one to 100,000 rather than one to 750,000, which is what it is in the US. Yeah. Each member of yeah. the House of Representatives represents approximately 750,000 constituents. What, and so what how are you going to get to know them anymore? Yeah. in any real capacity? Um, so I think that that is that's a that's a that's a crucial way of looking at it, and that also points to the fact that again, as we say, gerrymandering isn't the only problem. It goes deeper. It goes to the you know the single member district system itself. You also say that you know they're interrelated factors, right? Electoral systems are not the only thing right. that matter. Right. If you have a system like the United States that is replete with veto points, basically where different actors can say, actually, I'm just not going to do this legislation, or I'm just not going to. Vote I'm not yes. going to legislate. Full stop. Right. <laughs> if you um, have a legislator who says, I'm just not going to be in the business business of doing legislation i'm just going to show up here do my committee meetings to make some tv appearances where right. i'm incendiary where i ask a woman who grew up in kazakhstan if she's resigned from this from the communi- the communist uh, communist youth party communist you, party yeah shout out john kennedy of Not louisiana JFK. different john kennedy. i mean yeah it, it, it's it's a it's a multi-factor problem for sure and the u.s seems to be in a position in which we are drinking a concoction of many very bad ingredients <laughs> um, yeah and and it's not one of those drinks where you put together a lot of bad things and somehow something great comes out of it in fact no it just ends up being something not very palatable yeah yeah and so it ends up being tricky right to identify to pull out what exactly is causing these problems i mean like again if i like if we went to an elect to a proportional representation system tomorrow or if we got rid of the senate tomorrow um, not saying that we should do either of those things, although that that would like fix all of our problems, right? There are things, I mean, things have cultural, political legacies over yeah. decades or centuries even. Yeah. Or they can be newer problems that have, that are sort of multi-causal in their factors today. And, and of course, one big counter argument to a lot of the things we've been saying is something that you posited in a conversation we had before this one, Harry, where I was talking about that problem with the sort of split groups or the unified groups in the district, the hypothetical that you laid out at the beginning. And you said, well, maybe if you split those groups, you would see like a half urban, half rural, two districts, half urban, half rural. Maybe you would see candidates come up who try to appeal to everyone, who try to bring those groups together rather than divide them, because that could be a sort of politically rewarding strategy. A naive thought. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's ultimately the response is that, There is in a two-party system, it's going to always be more politically feasible to animate your side against the other side than it's going to be to try to find some unifying position between the two to bring them together. Right. Because you're always going to have, if you try to be that insurgent third-party candidate who tries to find unity, you're always going to have... not an angel and demon but two demons on either shoulder shouting at either side saying no 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 let's not get together let's stay apart blah 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 or simply sometimes those interests are not totally reconcilable or sometimes they are simply different satisfying sometimes they are simply different right right and that i think that's sort of a fact of, of political life 
Anyways, I think that's all we have. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and share this episode with your friends or on social media. If you'd like to listen to each new article of Focus and Insight read aloud, follow the link in the notes for Spectacles Out Loud. If you'd like to make a comment on the episode that you just heard, there's a link to our website, also in the notes, where you can also subscribe to our newsletter, if you haven't already, to receive a new way of seeing politics in your inbox five days a week. And find us on Twitter, at Spectacles Media. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks.